It's a very common fantasy for dudes into spanking. You get pulled over for speeding or tailgating or some other moving violation by a gruff, authoritative police officer. Is there anything you can do to get out of a ticket? Maybe pay some other penalty right then and there. Perhaps bent over the hood of a police car. Perhaps with the officer's belt or maybe some paddle he happens to be carrying around with him. You can live out that fantasy, either as the wayward driver or the cop. We're joined by Dave, also known as Hunter Chase, who does role-play spanking scenes as a police officer or prisoner, with advice on living out these fantasies and incorporating handcuffs into spanking plays safely. Listen on, dudes. Welcome to episode 52 of the Dudes Make a Dudes podcast. This is not a podcast about abandoned amusement parks, nor is it a podcast about video game modding communities. This is a podcast about dudes who spank dudes and dudes who are spanked by other dudes. And this show is hosted by two dudes. This is Dave. Hey, Dave. This is Scott, uh, known as Red Spank Scott. People in our community may know Dave from his work helping organize Badass Weekend out in Georgia. Tell people a little bit more about yourself, though. Um, yeah, I have been going to Badass Weekend since 2011. Um, I, I, w- you know, I had been in the spanking community for several years before that, but it was never at an event. Um, and I've been to every BAW since then, and I started as one of the hosts five or six years ago. Um, These days, you're doing some uh, additional videos uh, yourself, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been doing spanking videos over the years. I've had a uh, spanking tube account and just random, you know, no really rhyme or reason to how I did them um, over the years. But recently, I've been involved with a lot of amateur videos, but then a few of them that have gone on some websites as well. Most are with my buddy. We just do them for fun, and there's a you know free site called SWATstudios.com. But I've also done a few uniform and police arrest videos on another friend's website. It's SlowFlowKinkVideos.com. And then I have videos coming out on the Men in Chains site next year. Okay. Yeah. And so that's what this episode is all about. Uh, you are, Dave, you are big into uh, incorporating fantasies about police and law enforcement and prisons and jails into your uh, into your kinky play, including spanking play. So we're going to be talking this episode about the fantasies and where those come from and how you how you've managed to pull this stuff off in very hot ways and also talk a little bit about the realities of dealing with things like restraints, particularly metal restraints and handcuffs when you're doing spanking play and how to do that safely. Uh, So, but first, before we get into that, let's just catch up on a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, For folks who listened to episode 51, uh, when we talked to Justin and Trevor about Bad Lads, Strixers, their book, uh, Bad Lads, Strixers, and the World of Adult Male Spanking, they mentioned that they were uh, looking to put together a shop to sell merchandise, and they have done so. You can now actually get that spanking flag that we talked about, and you can get other things like T-shirts with the flags on it, hats, mugs, and other merchandise. Uh, If you want to get more information about that, go to their uh, 
Go to the site for their book, which is badladsandstrictsirs.com, all together, badladsandstrictsirs.com, and there's a link on there where you can go and buy this merchandise. I need to get a copy of the flag. You you saw the flag, right? I did, yes. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So we all need to get copy. We all need to get flags, guys, flags and T-shirts. Uh, <laughs> and I actually saw I saw Justin, who came to our um, big party we had in L.A., our big OTK L.A. party that we just had last weekend. And he, of course, is is wearing some of his own stuff and is awesome to see all that stuff in the wild. Um, so go there, buy some stuff. As a reminder to folks, Moonburn, the Spahey Parties in L.A., is back from our unfortunate and unplanned sabbatical. Uh, the Moonburn Parties in L.A. will be back on Saturday, January 6th in the new venue, Sanctuary Studios. If you want more information on that, go to WAPS, W-H-A-P-P-Z. Um, and we've got it up there already. Jaden has got that up there for us. Uh, reminder, in January is Mid-Atlantic Leather in D.C., and there is a spanking party to coincide with it on January 13th. Uh, once again, the information is on WAPS. Camp Red Tails just announced what their schedule is going to be for next year. It's going to be July 18th through the 23rd. Uh, you can register um, and express interest there on their site, campredtails.com. And coming up in March, I am starting to prepare and order things for Hot Seat Retreat in Palm Springs. You can check us out at hotseatps.com. You can still register. I believe you can still get rooms in our overflow hotels. We're hoping we have, uh, I think, around 150 people registered so far. There's room for more. Uh, so we hope to see you all there. And <laughs> we, we sort of officially announced this over the weekend. Uh I'm just going to say it here very briefly. There will be a follow-up uh, uh, special where I get Doug and Jaden on here to talk about it. Uh, in July, we're going to be going to Vegas at Hot Seat Vegas. It is now official. We've signed an agreement with the resort. Um, the, all, the details will follow. It's a great place. The great news is that as many people want to attend can attend, or as many people can afford to attend and can find time to attend, uh, we've got a hotel that has room for hundreds of us. So stay tuned. There will be more to come to that. Who that was a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Dave, <laughs> let's get back on track. Police, authority figures, handcuffs, spankings, all that hot stuff. How did you get interested in police and police uniforms as part of your kink? I've been fascinated with police officers, uniforms, handcuffs, all of that, as long as I can remember just playing cops and robbers with my friends as, as a kid, just how fun it was. And, you know, watching cops on TV and it, it, it just went way back. Um, and I didn't exactly understand what it meant then, but I, I remember being fascinated with it all the way back to when I was a kid. So how did that develop? So that developed alongside your understanding that you're developing a spanking interest as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't get spanked a lot. I was a pretty good kid. But back then, you know, I, and I also went to a private school. So I received paddlings. I think every guy did. And it wasn't a bad memory in my case. I remember we kind of bragged about it to each other a lot, and it was kind of a rite of passage thing. So 
that developed organically, I think. Um, and then it just, and I didn't pursue it for a long time, but read articles and looked at, you know, when the internet came along, looked at pictures. Um, but that didn't turn into real play probably until I was about 30. Okay. But you, you would imagine, you know, getting yourself in trouble and getting spanked by a police or, or the opposite being the police officer. How, how did that, how did that go on in your brain? Back then, it was always being spanked by the police officer. Um, I, I didn't have any aspirations to be the police officer back then. It um, that kind of just that developed over time. Okay, and so yeah, so talk a little about how that developed. You mentioned you didn't really start pursuing this until you hit thirty. So what did you do? Well, it, spanking wise is really when I, when I hit thirty, um, and it was pretty much strictly spanking for a long time. There were a few things that I mixed in. I had a uh, guy that was into spanking. He wasn't really into spanking, but I liked his uniforms. And so I kind of, for, this was probably about five years ago, and we were both in uniforms, and we did a video where he belted me, which is on my spanking tube site. And that was pretty cool. That was the first time I really mixed it. And then I went to MAL in 2020. And I had talked to a few uniform people on recon and met them and met some of the guys in into uniform play and especially police play. And I was actually tied up in an LAPD uniform then. Um, but still, I didn't exactly know how I fit into it exactly because some of it I really liked, but some of it, it wasn't really my thing. It had developed, fully developed at that point. Okay. Yeah, there is, uh, just as an example, for, for people who maybe haven't attended a lot of different spanking parties, um, there are people within our community who also have uniform kinks. And for example, there is a gentleman who comes out to Moonburn and is regularly in uh, a version of, a, I believe, a CHP, California Highway Patrol officer uniform. And he role plays it out and he uh, disciplines boys or disciplines men, I, I should say, Mis disciplines men for for various transgressions. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have been uh, I have been uh, disciplined by him before at a moonburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so interestingly, what, what makes your fit, what makes your particular fantasies get fleshed out is you actually have access to prisons to do play and to do certain things and talk about that a little bit. Let people know what's going on there. Yes. And that's one of the things about this community. It's very, very hard for it to be realistic, you know, in your house to, to do jail intake scenes or things like that. So I was, I don't know exactly how I heard about it. I think it may have been from another spanking buddy, but I heard about this role play jail in, it's called the Franklin County Jail in Hampton, Iowa. And this was later in 2020, you know, nothing was going on. We were all bored. And so I was, I started researching this place and it was an old county jail that was decommissioned in 1988. It, it sat empty until his name's Mark Bind. He's actually the owner of the Men in Chains uh, website. He purchased it, um, and this was probably about eight years ago, and he completely refurbished it back to its original state. And it's a small little county jail. It has four cells, but he opened it up as an Airbnb right in the middle of this small little town. But So you could rent it out as an Airbnb, or you can do a jail role play experience where you have guards 
and you get there, they arrest you, they intake you, and you are locked into jail. And for however long you decide, however many days you're willing to pay for it. And it, it, it just fascinated me thinking about it. And so I communicated with him quite a bit over the next six months. And I booked a stay in July of 2021. And I found where my uh, kink kind of was going then. Now, for the, this prison, doesn't necessarily doesn't if you have an interest if you have a fetish for prisons and that experience doesn't necessarily include spanking right oh corporal punishment of any sort that's right um there is a big overlap uh, of people however we have to be careful up there be and we just can't it can't be allowed there's no sex allowed there's no corporal punishment allowed because of it being where it is and they we have to keep it kind of you know, PG rated, we'll say PG 13 rated. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately not, but then those I've met people there and we've done other events where we could do it. And it, it definitely overlapped quite a bit. Yeah. And that, that kind of serves as a good transition to some of the stuff that you've been doing now where, where you are incorporating spanking into this police play. There is now a video out there actually on your on your Twitter feed where people can see you in a in a super hot police paddling scene. Talk about that. Yeah, so the, my my good buddies SWAT Studios, um, which where a lot of my videos and pictures are with him. Um, he lives really close to me here. He I got him into spanking a little bit. It, it with him it has to be part of a scene. It isn't like us where we just say hey come over here get over my knee. Um, but he actually came up with the idea. We were down in Florida doing a role play experience, which was really cool. We had this opportunity at this time to ha have access to this prison for a couple of days that was shut down about 10 years ago. Um, and so you have the whole prison campus to work with. So we were able to do a whole ar arrest slash spanking scene movie and he has lights for his cars and we had a, you know, we had a charger. It looked like a cop car. And then I just had a rental car and he did the usual pull me over, you know, did the whole arrest with the cuffing and all that. And then he gave me the choice on if I wanted to go to jail or get SWATs. Um, and it was all his idea. He thought this would be something good for your spanking fans too, which, you know, and I thought, yeah, that's, it's pretty cool. And it's a pretty it's a pretty common fantasy and we were able to act it out, which was really awesome. Yeah. And yeah. And, um, lots of guys have that sort of fantasy. Now you go by, uh, we should mention you go by the name Hunter for your, for your videos with this. What's the name of this, uh, studio again? Yeah, it's, it's SWATstudios.com. Um, and it, it's, it's, I mean, we're not, it, he's not really a studio. It's just a guy, but, that, that's just what we call the website. Um, We're they're all like that now. This is everyone. Yeah. You, everyone has one man studios now. Yes, or media. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll put. I'll make sure to put a link um, to the studio and to your Twitter feed for Hunter um, in in our in the podcast, so people can make it easy for folks to track you down. Because I know, I know, people who are listening to this are going to hear, you know, guy being bent over the hood of his 
police car, a hood of a police car and getting paddled is a huge fantasy for so many people. What was, what were you getting spanked for again? I think I was speeding uh, pretty fast. And then I, of course, was, you know, smart, smart mouth to him when, because we always do that. It just makes it a little more fun. And, you know, so he handled me accordingly. And of course, even after I decided to take the SWATs, he still arrested me. <laughs> so, and, you know, we're talking about a sequel. We're not exactly sure what, but we'll, we're, there will be a sequel at some point in the future. Good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you now have started, you know, you said before you were, you were the victim or, well, the person being disciplined, uh, the miscreant, I guess, would be the more accurate way. So I might, the bully mentality of me came out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer to see them as victims because it's hot. Um, but uh, uh, for perpetrators, but you have started bringing, coming in now with a uniform of your own and being the guy doing police play. Um, and you actually did some stuff at Badass Weekend. Uh, talk about that. Yes. Um, the, the whole, it, I, it, it kind of started at the jail. I've been there several times and I, after I went there three times as an inmate, but then I've gone back three times as a guard and I really enjoyed it. It was fun putting the uniform on. It was it, the whole experience is from a different perspective. And yes, at BAW, this wasn't really anything official, but, um, we, we planned, we had done this at a party one time, just a small party we had where three of us dressed up in uniform. So we decided to do that again at BAW. So me and a buddy that's also went um, dressed up in mat matching uniforms and we pre-selected our victims. So the guys we arrested knew it was coming. They knew exactly what was going to happen, obviously, but they didn't exactly know when. Um, and at the time there was also another thing going on uh, uh there were the line of guys waiting to get caned yes and um so we worked it out with our fantastic caner that we would bring the arrested guy to him for punishment so and so we went up arrested the guy put handcuffs on him you know led him up there made him kind of you know get down and prepared for the for the caning and then brought him in and he was caned for whatever offense he did yeah, I saw I saw you uh, dragging one of them up there. I think he he was he was being pretty resistant. <laughs> yes, he was. So so what did you do? How do you, how did you deal with someone who was being resistant? And of course, this was just as a reminder to the audience. This was all role play. He was not actually resisting the scene. He was role playing resistance, which I always find super hot to be able to do that. Y yes. So we we always. When we pre-select the guys, we say it's up to you how how much you want to for it to escalate. So if the if he's just complete, you know, obviously he wants this to happen. So if he's complying, he just walks along with us. We're just going to lead him along, you know, just with our hand on his arm and lead him, you know, just like you would see a police officer do. But if he resists, we always say we're going to match the resistance, and obviously not crazy like where we hurt somebody. But if he struggles, we're going to get him back in line and make sure, you know, and when there's two of us, especially, it, it, it's pretty easy to do that, especially when they're handcuffed. And you just have to make sure that you're being careful and you're not letting that person who is a little incapacitated at that point be in harm's way, but also give them what they want. And that's just a little bit of a struggle. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's actually something to think about as a bottom in a scene like that. Something that I just thought about is like it's easy for the bottom. The bottom can safely struggle when he's outnumbered. <laughs> right. Exactly. If there's, if there's only one, if there's only one, you know, person as the top, and you're a bottom in restraints, if you start doing that, you could end up falling down or something in the top because there's, you know, it's it's harder for a single top to control you you may end up hurting yourself that's so correct. that's something something to keep in mind with you for you for for those uh those of you who want to to struggle and put up a fight um make sure that you know think about things like that but anyway so what was the response to that there were a lot of people that were watching and were and came up later and said wow you know that was really that was really hot um, you know, some people came up later and said, we wish we would have gotten arrested. Um, and you know, I, you know, there, there may have probably been a couple of negative reactions to it because some people just don't like to see police officers, but overwhelmingly I, from, in, from everything we heard, it was very positive. And, um, th- there were a lot of people that wished we would have arrested them. Yeah, I I was like I was when you, when you were doing that I was in a super bottomy headspace and I'm like if I had known if I had known I totally would have I, I totally would have asked for that. Uh, <laughs> I will keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually I've kind of actually realized that. So this again this past weekend um, I had I was at actually two spanking parties. One of them I was organizing and one of them I wasn't. And how things have started to work out for me now that I've been so heavily involved with this over the past three years is if it's a party that I'm helping run, I end up in top headspace and having a really hard time bottoming. Uh, in fact, those caners were at my party and I tried to get caned there and I couldn't, I could only take two sets of six i was super embarrassed but the next night at my friend's party i was in total bottom space and so and that's what happened at badass weekend if i'm not organizing it any if i'm not organizing something it's like an excuse for my mind to say okay now you can go around and get spanked (laughs) (laughs) so is this going to be something that you're thinking of bringing back next year I'm not sure. I don't, I, I don't necessarily want to have it be an every year thing for it to be a surprise, but it, it is definitely something that, you know, would definitely consider. I, I haven't, I know we do the surveys and we haven't talked to, we haven't had a chance to talk about those yet, but we'll see if anybody mentioned it. And if it, if there is an overwhelming interest, then maybe we will. Okay. Now, so looking at all of that, you have handcuffs, you have, you know, Uniforms. Uh, what sort of what sort of just basic tips do you have for exploring um, these sorts of fantasies? Those uniforms are probably expensive. Yes, that that is the. I'm going to say the most negative part of it first and get it out of the way. It, it is the expense, uh, and, and and not just the expense of the uniforms themselves, but it's, if you're going to events, it's expensive traveling. You have to. The last time SWAT Studios and I flew to Iowa, we took a total of seven suitcases wow. with all the gear in it because there's just so much gear and we ended up using it all too. Um, it's so, so it's, it, it is expensive. There, there are ways where you can make it cheaper. You can go on eBay right now and get a complete uniform, but it's going to cost five, $600, but you can make your own. 
And, and there are ways to get to get around the cost. You can buy like generic uniform shirts and pants, get patches, find patches, get sewn to be sewn on, things like that. Okay. Um, yeah, it is it is a pretty expensive hobby, and just as I, I mentioned earlier, uniforms are also their own kink. So you know, uniforms are their own kink, bondage is their, its own you know own kink, handcuffs are their own kink, spanking is their own kink, and it's an interesting you know indication of how these all overlap. But there are also specific organizations out there for guys who are into uniforms. So if that is a thing that you're out there interested in and you're listening and you haven't made that jump, that also opens you up, as Dave pointed out, into meeting another group of different kinds of kinksters. And as he discovered, you can sometimes get them into your kink. (laughs) Absolutely. So talk about a little bit. um, So when I talk about uh, bully fantasies. Um, there's a component where we talk, you know, we need to talk about consent because people have, you know, a lot of people have fantasies about being bullied. Um, but within the concept of bullying, there's a lot of potential awkward, you know, triggers or things that you, that a person might not want to experience within a session. So there's a, there are these sort of consent discussions about what is and isn't allowed in a bully scene just to make sure that um, the bottom is comfortable with what happens. So you probably want to do something like that with with a uniform scene or certainly with a police scene. So so what does that look like? You talked a little bit about, about you know, how much they, they struggle or fight, you, or, you know, but what other sorts of advanced consent discussions do you have? It, you need to have a conversation about what you want. Sometimes we don't want to do that because we want spontaneity, but we also need to provide a quick outline of what we want to do. It's when it, for instance, for the jail, he does a lot of pre-screening and he will send out a, a survey on, this is what you want from one to 10. Do you like, you know, aggressiveness? Do you like the guard to be loud? Do you like this kind of restraint? So it's, so at an event, that's that's important to ask those kind of questions so that everybody can take in you individually on what you want and give you what you want and not give you what you don't want. In a one-on-one situation, it's you you want to be a little even more specific. Do you want this to be an arrest scene? What do you want to do after that? Do you how far do you want to go with this? Just like anything else, and always talk about the. You know, matching your level of play that we had talked about earlier. That's very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's funny for me, like if I were to ask to do a scene, it's funny cause you, um, your buddy, who you were doing the, the policing asked me cause I had done that whole thing on bully play. And he asked me, it's like, are we doing bully play right now? And the answer is like, well, it kind of depends on whether, you know, how much, um, you are you in your role as a police officer are taking advantage of your authority and how much the how much the person feels they deserve what's happening to them. So for me, if I were to do one of these scenes, yeah, I want bad boy cops. I want to be like I, I want to be innocent and be like, you just want to beat my ass. Um, and that's that's how I want my scenes to go. Obviously, that's not everyone, and there are and, uh, there are a lot of people who have fantasies that how they get in their headspace is that they have done something wrong, and that they have done something to deserve being disciplined by a police officer. And you definitely want to make sure 
which version of the police you're going to get right there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And after you do this for a while, it, it you really kind of become a good, not a good actor, but you, you do if you do it a few times. And I always, I, originally I went into it with what, how would I want to be treated? And so and the way I'd want to be treated is you do this how I see it in my head. So I try to do that when I am the authority figure, when I'm the police officer. I, I want to try to get as many details out of them as I can so I can incorporate them. Maybe not when they think I will, but to try to make it a great experience for them. Um, any other thoughts on role play uh, before we transition over to, to talk about um, using handcuffs and restraints? I would just say, just, just have fun with it. Get, go back to that attitude you had when you were a kid where you played cops and robbers, except obviously it's a little more intense when you're an adult, but just have fun. We, we, we talk about that all the time where, you know, 40 and 50 year olds running around a field with fake guns, tackling each other, you know, just, that's just my advice. Have fun with it. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, and if, if the whole concept of being spanked by police is, is a bad trigger because of things that have happened to you, that's okay. You do not have to be into this fantasy. You shouldn't feel like you have to. There are, as I've, I've mentioned occasionally in the podcast, there are other types of spanking fantasies that I personally I, I'm polite when I say, you know, oh, I don't get into the headspace for certain types of things. I really personally don't like certain fantasies, but I'm also realizing that's a me thing. It is very much a me thing. And so I'm, I do not pass judgment on people who do. And uh, just by the same token, as someone who loves bully play, I know full well, you know, when someone says, oh, I don't really like the bully stuff, it's like, I understand absolutely. A lot of people who have had really bad experiences with bullies do not want to do not want to find a way to reclaim that fantasy. They just want to let it. They just want to let it go. And I could, if that's your case with police, perfectly understood. Um, but if that is your thing, there's lots of ways to doing that. So let's transition to talking about handcuffs and restraints. Um, you use. Handcuffs a lot in this kinds of play. Um, I've tried to use them a couple times, and they're they're not as they're they're kind of a pain in the ass. So <laughs> let's let's talk about the basic some basics of safety with handcuffs. What what do people need to know before they start doing this stuff? You need to practice with them. Um, the the best way to start that is just practicing on one hand. On, on obviously don't cuff yourself in a position where you're going to need somebody to get you out of them, but practice on one hand. Um, and just a few just basic safety tips. Um, they, they, you need for them to be tight enough to not be able to escape, but obviously not tight enough to leave marks. So usually if you put like a pink, your pinky in between the, the cuff itself and the wrist that it should be comfortable, loose enough to where you can do that. Um, and then this one's important, always double lock the cuffs. And by double locking, we mean, obviously when the ratchet goes on the wrist, that's the first lock. And you, and then you adjust it. So as I said, it's not too tight, but not too loose. Once you get it to that spot, there is a second mechanism to double lock. It is either on the side. It's just like a little pinhole and the handcuff key on the opposite side of the key has a little 
device to be able to double lock. So you stick that little point of the handcuff key into that lock and you can hear it click. And at that point, the handcuff doesn't get tighter because it's very important, especially if you're going to be leading somebody somewhere or making them sit down. That, that ratchet is going to keep getting tighter unless you double lock them. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's something that I, I never knew because I, I don't really use handcuffs very much. But yeah, the fact that you can stop it from getting tighter, um, super important for circulation. Um, what kind of handcuffs are, are actually good and safe? I, like, I just, I just, uh, on Thanksgiving weekend where we had our, um, LA leather getaway, lots of kinksters, lots of guys with collections of handcuffs and, and you certainly have some, where are you getting them from? There are several good places. There is a website called handcuff warehouse and any kind of cuff you can imagine and cuff aficionados know all the differences. There are the, the the loose chain there there are the um hinged handcuffs the longer chains so forth and so on but the good thing about handcuff warehouse is you get free engraving so you can put your name in there because when you're at an event with a bunch of them they all look the same so if your name's engraved in there obviously it, it's a bonus um there's also a, a also just amazon you can find <laughs> quality handcuffs on amazon uh there you can obviously get the ones that you can unlock yourself, the, the safety handcuffs, but most people into this kink don't want that. They want to be under somebody else's control. So just the genuine name brand handcuffs are the best. You have Chicago, uh, Smith and Wesson, and there are other ASPs or ASP. There are a bunch of different high quality brands. And those are probably the best ones to go with because you're not going to have the shoddy workmanship. Right. Okay. And of course, always make sure you have the key before you use the cuffs on anybody. <laughs> yes. And make sure it works. Yes. I, I, that is another safety tip that I always do, you know, with, with somebody that's new, uh, especially that doesn't you know, know me. I take the key. I, I lock the cuff. I show them. I put the key in. I show that it opens it so they know that they're going to get out okay good so um let's talk about so handcuffing someone for a spanking is a little bit different than just hanging some handcuffing someone and doing police role play so what sort of positioning and safety stuff do we need to discuss if you're intending to spank someone while they are in handcuffs yeah, the, uh, number one is, is double lock. That's always going to be number one be, because especially if you have somebody over your knee and they're kicking, you know, a lot of spankies, including me, tend to move around a lot. So th those handcuffs will tighten up. And you have to think about what you're doing with the handcuffs before you start the scene. It's very hard for an over-the-knee scene for, for the guy to be standing and for you to get him over your knee if it's, say, on a chair. Oh, right. Um, because they have no way to stop themselves. You really have to be in control. So you think of think of that. Think of the, the control is, issues there. So maybe you want to use a bed instead so that if you accidentally lose a little control, they're just, you know, going into a soft bed. Um, lean them over something that's that's stable. Um so, for instance, in the video, he leaned me over the car. That was very comfortable still for me. I wasn't in agony and pain, but yet I was completely secured. Okay. Um, and, or also you could 
put them over your knee, right, without handcuffing them, and then pull their arms behind their back and handcuff them that way, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's kind of hot to do anyway. It's <laughs> it's it's part of the ritual of the spanking. You get them in position, then you 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 know handcuff them, and then you go. So yeah, that's that that's another way for sure. Okay, super. Um, how long is it safe to keep someone in handcuffs? That is one of those. Um, that is one of those questions that it's it's. I'm going to have to say it depends. It depends on the guy and the experience. The the first time, it's always. I wouldn't do it any more than 15 minutes at, at, at first, because the person's not used to being chained. You don't know exactly how they're going to react. Um, but there's really no one answer. The, the guy, Mark Bine, that I told, told you about, he would try to set his own records and go 24, 48 hours. So it's not that in and of itself it's dangerous. It's more about the the sub and what the sub can handle. Okay. And for the sub, what should the sub be paying attention to as far as sensations that, you know, obviously if your hands start to go numb or something like that, but what should they be feeling for to know if the handcuffs are causing them problems? It's just always, I always you know, just wiggle my hands every once in a while and make sure that everything feels right. Because so you, you, you can tell when your hands are going numb, you can tell when something is not right. And as long as you still have circulation and you're still, you know, it's loose enough and it's not tightening up, it, it's 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 fine. And always be sure if there are issues to tell your um, top to make sure that you either get out of them or he makes them more comfortable for you. Yeah. OK. Um, any additional thoughts about uh, about using uh, handcuffs in a scene? Any additional warnings or concerns? No, I, I think I've gone on all over the major ones, but I did want to recommend there's a there's a website called tacticalgear.com and they have a bunch of how to sections. It, it's it's mainly there for police officers, but obviously we can use the same <laughs> techniques as well. Um, it tells the types of handcuffs, how to use them. It has videos on how to properly use them, safety tips. Um, so if you if you just go to tacticalgears.com and it's experts on how to use police handcuffs, it, it, it's a really good resource to show all these. And some of those videos are hot anyway because they're, you know, putting handcuffs on a guy. So one of the things I tend to um, tell bottoms is that they should get implements um, that they enjoy. So they always have to think so whenever they meet a top um, that they're interested in getting spanked with – and maybe they don't have the implements that you like. You have something that you want to be spanked with besides, you know, hand. Um, but I'm thinking when you talk about this, when we're talking about handcuffs, should bottoms do that? Or are you or is there a concern that if you've got an, an inexperienced top, giving him handcuffs could be a problem? Yeah, it, it, you definitely don't want to do this with somebody that's inexperienced that usually there is a switch element, even it, even for total bottoms in this community, they still know how to use handcuffs. They still put them on other guys as well. And and we do practice a lot. So I I would say if somebody's brand new, you definitely don't want to do it by yourself. 
And you may even want to, if you're a bottom and you know how to use them properly, give them a quick lesson too. Oh, yep, that's a good idea. I'm I'm really big on bottoms teaching tops. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, and I think that kind of wraps up this episode. Dave, um, Dave, a.k.a. Hunter, um, how can people reach you? On Instagram, I am Hunter underscore Chase underscore 23. On Twitter slash X, I am at Hunter underscore Chase underscore 23. So basically the same address there. And then for Spanking, where I'm on WAPS and Spanking Tube, both as Spank Chip 1968, all one, all one word. So a lot of ways to get in touch with you. So yeah, if you have out there, if you are interested in this kink, uh, definitely get in touch with Dave or in Badass Weekend, because hey, Dave's involved with Badass Weekend too. Um, <laughs> uh, as for me, I am Red Spank Scott. I could be found on WAPS, on Scruff, uh, on Recon as Red Spank Scott. I am on Spank This Hookups as Red SPK Scott. And the Twitter feed for Dudes Spanky Dudes is actually Dudes Spank Dudes. Uh, and we have an Instagram at uh, Dudes Spankin Dudes. Who? Uh, a lot of information. Uh, thank you very much. I've been wanting to get someone on this podcast to talk about uh, uniforms and spanking. So super glad to get you on here, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Catch everyone next time. <laughs>